speaker is Stanley Weintraub, who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. In recent years, Stanley has taken to writing biography and history, his biography of Queen Victoria, and his history of episodes in World War I and the American Revolution being examples. But for decades, from the mid-50s on, he was a mainstay in Shaw studies, partly because he centered things with his editing of the Shaw Review, which then became the annual journal Shaw. And partly because his books on Shaw subject, which constitute 20 of his 50-plus books, were mostly published then. And he's still doing work on Shaw and his ha-ha retirement. His retirement is a lot like mine. He is Evan Pugh, Professor Emeritus of Arts and Humanities at Penn State, now lives in Delaware, where he doesn't know the meaning of retirement. Now, I have a little story to tell about Stan that he may prefer I not tell, but I can't resist because it provides unusual testimony to his stature as a scholar. One New Year's Eve in the mid-80s, I was watching one of my alma maters in a bowl game on TV. And at halftime, I switched over to the Orange Bowl to see Penn State playing Nebraska. Alas, it was halftime there too. And I was about to switch away when suddenly the camera showed a scene in the broadcast booth that staggered me. For there, looking right at me from my TV, was Stan Weindraub, who had been introduced as a world-renowned Shaw scout. Count the number of Orange Bowl halftimes <laughs> in which that has occurred. Um, don't ask me what Stan said in this interview. I was too stunned to notice. I just sat there, mouth agape, pointing at the screen. Well, now you know why I refer to this as the kickoff. Without further ado, I give you Stanley Orange Bowl Wine Club. Our topic for this conference is Show Up in the Here and Now, and I've taken that as my title. I'm going to try to finish on time also and have you have an opportunity to go out and look at the betting. <laughs> Shaw characterized himself with some truth and some irony as an old Victorian. After all, he was born in 1856. Queen Victoria would reign for 45 more years. Yet deep into the next century, no longer our own, he would write in closing the preface to Back to Methuselah, and he would be nearly a Methuselah himself, living on to 1950. It is my hope that a hundred parables by younger hands will soon leave mine as far behind as the religious pictures of the 15th century left behind the first attempts of the early Christians at iconography. And that hope I withdraw and bring up the curtain. That self-assessment says much about Shaw's views of his work and hopes for his future. Shaw expected to be surpassed but not entirely superseded. He thought of his plays not as artifacts fixed in period, but as parables which gave them staying power. Was he too sanguine? Are some of Shaw's plays too rooted in their times and places to be given new lives for new audiences and new readers? Can we still ring up the curtain on them? 
are some of them only now for literary archaeologists? Are many, if not all, his plays repeat the possibilities for the here and now? Looking largely at the plays, although Shaw was creative and lively in other forms, we can see the potential to reach beyond his words on the printed page to a new century and its consumers of culture. Is there a market in the here and now and the hereafter for Bernard Shaw? Shakespeare has been creatively staged, restaged, recast, rehabilitated. Richard III has been set in the 1930s with the culminating battle of the Battersea Power 